It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Lockdown Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, where to draft now? Kuiper's five names to watch, and the Braves got a scare last night. It's all next. It's Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Lockdown Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Lockdown Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. Hitting Hard is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. We ask you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. Get the latest episodes of Hitting Hard as soon as they become available. And then give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. So obviously the draft philosophy for the Atlanta Falcons probably changed some, right, with the Jeff Okuda trade. You know, obviously, he could be a legitimate number one corner. I don't know if he's going to develop into that, but certainly he has the capabilities of being a number one corner in this draft, you know, or I should say for, for this team, right? And and look, they didn't give up much for him and, and all that good stuff. We broke all that down yesterday. But it does make you wonder now because – We saw a lot of mock drafts that had cornerback at number eight, whether it was Christian Gonzalez, whether it was Devin Witherspoon, that was the two most popular names, right? Gonzalez out of Oregon, Witherspoon out of uh, Illinois. That was the two most popular names floating around. I had Bucky Brooks, NFL network analyst on the show, on my radio show last night, and, and he you know, he brought the point about the idea of that maybe corner still isn't out of play. That corner, when you, if you're going to go in a best player available draft type of style, if Witherspoon or Gonzalez certainly grades out at that, once the Falcons pick at eight, then that still may be the pick. Okay. Now, I don't know why this is as hard as it is because I asked him about Bijan Robinson. I even asked him about Jackson Smith and Jigba. Okay. I, I get the whole best player available and all that mishmash and different things like that. And and then we wonder why we've got five straight losing seasons, or whatever. Okay. And, and not that the Falcons drafted bad players. London's a very good player. Pitts is a very good player. But again, I, I don't know how many ways I, I can, you know, go with this philosophy. And I thought Bucky Brooks brought up an interesting point that there's probably only about 15 to 18 first round talent players. You know, obviously you have those kind of lock cinch players that you think are first round talents. 
And then when you get toward maybe the bottom of the first round, you start looking at guys that maybe are kind of not quite first round talent, but they could be first round talent players and different things like that. But if we kind of go off of the 15 or 18 players that are first round talent caliber players, I understand best player available, but at some point, at some point, we have to fix the things that ail us most. And I sound like a broken record when I say this, but we can't seem to figure out why we're in the positions that we're in. It has nothing to do with money. It has nothing to do with cutting guys. It has nothing to do with contracts and, and all that kind of stuff. We, we don't draft impact players that influence the game the most. You know, the last time we drafted impact players that influenced the game the most, we drafted Matt Ryan at number three, and we drafted Vic Beasley at number eight. And that's the two reasons, that the number one and number two reasons why we were in the Super Bowl in 2016. You had Matt and an outstanding offense and an MVP quarterback, and you had a guy that could sack the quarterback and led the league in sacks that year. Voila, that's, that's the formula. It's not hard to figure out. It's not how many running backs you draft, not how many corners you draft and different things like that. Again, it's not 1978. You can't while, while you can't have too many guys to cover people, you also aren't going to be able to cover everybody if you can't get to the quarterback. So in my mind, now that you've made the trade for Jeff Okuda, and we have like 12 cornerbacks on the roster, okay? You've got Okuda. You've got A.J. Terrell. You've got Casey Hayward, which I, I would hope that they would keep. You know, again, it's only a $5 million pickup in salary if you cut Casey Hayward. I'd rather have him for the $7 million on the cap, but you've got Casey Hayward. You've got Mike Hughes, who you who signed as a free agent, another first-round pick, right? And then you got D. Alford and Armstrong and all these guys that could be backups and things like that. So I, I don't know why this is still any sort of question. You draft the one or two best defensive edge players that you can get your hands on. And look, I do think that there's going to be at least three or maybe four quarterbacks that are gone by the time the Falcons pick at eight. I do think that obviously Jalen Carter, Will Anderson will be picked when the Falcons pick at eight. So again, whether it's offensive line, defensive edge player, you're going to have a premier line of scrimmage player and you're going to have a first round talent capable line of scrimmage player, whether you think it's Tyree Wilson or Lucas Van Ness or Nolan Smith, or whether you think it's Skaronsky or Paris Johnson. I would tell you that those guys are all first round talent players. Like there's no reaching for any of those guys. But in my mind, you know, we have a pretty capable and competent offensive line. I don't mind building more around the offensive line, but my God, you know, at some point, we have to figure that we don't sack the quarterback enough. And, and, and the mantra, there's not, there, are, there are never too many players on one roster that can sack the quarterback. You think the Philadelphia Eagles said to themselves, man, we just we got too many guys that can sack the quarterback. Uh, you, you think Nick Sirianni stood up in front of the media at any point and said, you know, if we we just got too many guys that can sack the quarterback, we just we don't need all of these guys. Think they said that? You think the San Francisco 49ers say to themselves, 
we, we don't need to sign Javon Hargrave. I mean, he sacks the quarterback. What do we need another guy for that sacks the quarterback? What, what, what do we need one of those guys for? Oh, we, we were in five conference title games in the last 10 years with three different quarterbacks and two different head coaches. Oh, maybe that's the reason why. Even though we have Mr. Irrelevant quarterback in our team. Oh, maybe that's why, because we're the best line of scrimmage team in the entire of the NFL. We got the best left tackle. We have the best, you know, one of the best pass rushes in the NFL. Oh, okay. Maybe that's why. This, this should not be hard for Arthur and Terry now, because things have fallen into place very nicely, right? You've got some linebacker help. You've got plenty of guys in your secondary. You got Bates and you got Okuda and you've got Mike Hughes and, and Terrell and Hayward. You got all these guys. Why, why would corner be in play? Why would safety be in play? Why would linebacker be in play? I, I don't even know how outside of defensive edge or offensive lineman that anything else could be in play. Not Bijan Robinson, not Christian Gonzalez, not Jackson Smith and Jigba. Unless you tell me that C.J. Stroud falls to eight, then I'd take him. Or, you know, Jalen Carter, who's obviously a defensive line player, but unless he falls to eight, then I'll take him. But outside of that, this should be the easiest draft in the first round in the history of mankind. You sit back with your arms folded like this, okay, and you just watch the board in front of you. You watch how the board develops in front of you. Oh, that guy's gone. Oh, that guy's gone. Oh, Richardson's gone. Oh, Levis is gone. Oh, you know, Stroud is gone. Young is gone. Will Anderson is gone. And it just falls into place, right? And, and how many times have I sit here and said that the Falcons are in a prime position at number eight, okay? If they hadn't traded for Okuda, you could probably have the best one or two corners. If they, you know, even with signing McGarry, you can get your hands on the best one or two offensive linemen. Obviously, you can get your hands on the best one or two defensive edge players in the draft. And a lot of people aren't even as sold on Will Anderson as some are. Some some people are saying that Will Anderson may be the fourth or fifth best off or defensive kind of edge player in the draft, but he's such an outstanding collegiate player that you can't pass by in his talent. Whatever. But this should be the easiest first round draft in the history of mankind. But again, I, I hope that we don't get too cute for our own wares and, and we don't overthink what we need to be better at. At some point, we have to fix the things that we're not very good at. All right, let's talk about our friends over at Built Bar. Listen, as you're looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and all the calories and everything like that, Built Bar has got you covered. Whether you like the traditional protein bars, whether you like the protein-infused marshmallow puffs, they've got all of the flavors that you want, churro, peanut butter brownie, cookies and cream. They're coming out with a new flavor every month. But what's even better now with Built Bars is you have a couple of different ways to buy Built Bars. So you can go to Built.com and buy your Built Bars through the website and wait around for the order to process and wait for it to be delivered. But if you don't like that route, you can go to Walmart now in the pharmacy section and buy your box of Built Bars, or you can buy your Built Bars at Sam's Club as well. So whether you want to go the brick and mortar route to buy your Built Bars, or you want to go online to Built.com, now you have more options available. 130 calories, four grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein in all of the Built Bars, marshmallow puffs, traditional Built Bars, all the great flavors that you love. 
head to built.com or go to Sam's Club or Walmart today to buy your box of built bars. So the five names that Mel Kuyper threw out, and he was on a he was on a um, a virtual call with the Atlanta media, I guess it was, um, the other day, and he threw out five names that the Falcons should be looking at in the first or second round. And I thought the, the, the names were interesting. In his mock draft, in his two-round mock draft, he's got the Atlanta Falcons selecting Nolan Smith in the first round and Keely Ringo in the second round. Now, as far as Nolan Smith goes, I like that pick. Again, a guy that come off the edge, maybe a little bit undersized, but we'll see what kind of happens with, with all of that. But uh, again, I, I don't have a problem drafting Nolan Smith at number eight. I, I think he's that kind of talent. And obviously he's a leader for this team, you know, for the Georgia Bulldogs, I should say. So I, I don't have a problem with that. Keely Ringo is an interesting guy because I don't think that he's going to be in the second round. I don't think that when it all shakes out that he's a second round player. I don't think he'll be at 44. I think he's a first-round talent. I think he's going to be a first-round pick. Corners are obviously a premium position in today's NFL. So I don't think that he could be there at 44. Maybe, but I don't I don't think when it's all said and done. But the other three names that he put out there were Jalen Hyatt, Jonathan Mingo, and Josh Downs. Now, Jalen Hyatt, obviously the Bolitnikoff Award winner, wide receiver out of Tennessee, Jonathan Mingo, the wide receiver out of Old Miss, and Josh Downs, a wide receiver out of uh, North Carolina. Now, we talked about the idea last week, I guess it was, or a week ago, or whatever, a couple weeks ago, or whatever, that I kind of prioritized what I thought should be the most important positions for the Falcons to draft, focusing on edge first, cornerback one, offensive guard tackle, you know, offensive lineman, let's put it that way, number four. Uh, three, and then wide receiver. And, and I do think that the Falcons are in the market for a wide receiver. Now, do I want a wide receiver first or second round? And and I talked with Bucky Brooks about this last night on the show. He doesn't seem to think that there would be a movement for a Jackson Smith and Jigba. He's probably a top 10 pick, maybe top 12 pick, but the idea of drafting pass catcher three years in a row. Again, do you remember the only other team that drafted pass catcher three years in a row? It's the Detroit Lions. Okay. And and what happened to the Detroit Lions three years after they drafted three first round pass catchers? What happened to them? They were 0-17. Why? Because those aren't positions that influence the outcome of the game. If you're deficient at, at winning football games, those are not positions that can influence a football game directly. Again, O-line, D-line, your quarterback. You get those things right, you won't lose in the NFL. You'll be around for a long time, okay? But I, I do think it's interesting that Kuiper looks at wide receiver as a definite position that, you know, it, and he's talking about first or second round picks for the Falcons. So I think Ringo or... Uh, Nolan Smith are in that first round, although he's got Ringo mocked in the second round. But it would be interesting to see if the Falcons do spend draft capital on another wide receiver. And yes, I understand the philosophy of, you know, well, you know, we got to, you know, give more weapons to Desmond Ritter and this, that, and the other. But are the Falcons really that 
desperate for weapons. I mean, Johnu Smith and Pitts and Drake London and Cordell Patterson and Tyler Algier. I mean, Falcons do have a nice cavalcade of weapons available to Desmond Ritter. Where they got to get better is their defensive line of scrimmage, probably a corner, you know, and continue to bolster their offensive line. I, I promise you that the thing that Desmond Ritter needs more than another wide receiver is a guy to make sure that he can stand up if he throws the football. You know, not having Jalen Mayfield and Drew Dahlman or Matt Hennessy side by side, that's a lot more important to what the Falcons are going to do than adding another wide receiver to the room. But I do think that wide receiver is a pick that if you get into the third, fourth round, that that's a position where I would draft a wide receiver, but I'm not drafting a wide receiver in my first two picks. I got enough of those guys. I got enough high draft capital. Okay. I got enough high draft capital in pass catcher. And again, I made a trade for a John U. Smith. I know he's a tight end, but he's still a pass catcher, right? And I have a Cordero Patterson that I can throw the football to a lot. And Algier can catch some passes out of the backfield. I don't think I'm hurting for pass catching. You know, yes, I mean, do we have first-team all-pro wide receiver? No, but again, we're not that kind of team. We're, we're not an offensive. Again, we're not San Diego or Cincinnati that throws the football 75% of the time. And we're probably not going to be that until we get, you know, a Pat Mahomes at quarterback or somebody like that. We're not going to be that kind of offensive style and system. They weren't that way under any offense that Arthur Smith has run, even when he was in Tennessee. It wasn't like Ryan Tannehill hucked it around 35, 40 times a game. You know, he had to play to Matt's strengths and, you know, Matt was 600 pass attempts. But again, until you have that kind of quarterback, we're not going to be that kind of offense. Arthur Smith is going to be a control the line of scrimmage, run first type of guy. So I, I understand the names, you know, and I don't have a problem with the talent. Smith, Ringo, Hyatt, Mingo, Downs. I, I think all of those guys are very talented players. I like Hyatt a lot. You know, obviously he's the Blitnikoff Award winner. He'd be a nice piece to add. But if I have to spend a first or second round pick to get a Jalen Hyatt, I'll let him pass by because I got bigger fish to fry. I got more needs on this football team than adding more pass catchers in, with using high draft capital to get it. And whether it's the number eight pick or the number 44 pick, that's high draft capital. Those guys have to come in and start right away and make an impact on this football team. You can't sit around for a, a, a Jalen Hyatt at, at pick 44 to just kind of get in the flow of the offense and not acclimate as quickly or this, that, and the other, or he's not getting the targets or this or that or whatever like that. Like, you can't afford to wait for all that. We're trying to win now. And, and, and that's the other thing about this is that we have to be in win-now mode. We've gone through our rebuild. We've gone through our cap purgatory and all these kinds of things. Now we have to win now. Now, now we have to find a way to win games now. And even if it's not winning the division, get this record up above 500. So I don't have a problem with Kuyper's names, Ringo, Nolan Smith, Hyatt, Mingo, Josh Downs. I just don't know that when we're talking first or second round, that A, Ringo's going to be there in the second round, and B, if the Falcons should be looking at going wide receiver in the second round as well. 
All right. We thank you for making Hitting Hard with John Chuck with your first listen every day. Make sure if you're an everyday listener that when you listen to our podcast, that you leave a comment in the box about being an everyday listener. We call them our everydayers, right? So we want to acknowledge you and get a feel for who's our everyday listeners out there. So please be sure to leave us a comment about being an everyday listener of Hitting Hard with John Chuckery. So the Braves last night got a scare as Orlando Arcia took a 98-mile-an-hour fastball off his wrist, off his left wrist. And he tried to gut it out and tried to stay in the game. And, you know, he got hit and then went down to first and all that. But then he had to be pulled from the game. Now, supposedly x-rays were negative on his wrist. And hopefully, and he's saying that it's not potentially in an IL stint, but given the fact that we've had so many injuries on this club, I'm sure he's probably going to miss, if, if nothing else, he might miss a couple few games because taking a 98-mile-an-hour fastball off of your left wrist isn't exactly, you know, it isn't exactly going to have a feel-good moment for you, but let's hope that the Braves did dodge a bullet because with Michael Harris out and all the pitching injuries and Travis Darno out, I mean, you're seeing that last night while they won, again, it was another night where Marcelo Zuna had to play and he had to be a DH last night and he went 0 for 4 with three strikeouts. You know, and Adrianza is a guy where if you want to give a guy a day off or something like that, but I, I don't really have a whole lot of confidence that Adrianza, you know, could be an everyday, even for a, a week or two type of player. You know, if the Braves do need to make a move, look, Vaughn Grissom is tearing it up down in Gwinnett. He's having an outstanding start to the season. Now, I don't know if they, without an IL stint, I don't know if they will bring up Vaughn Grissom or not and, and bring him up to the big club. Maybe they do that just as some insurance, but hopefully the Braves at the end of the day dodged another bullet because the last thing we need, and I know it's early and we're not playing some very good teams, but again, you're about to go on a long road trip. The last thing that we need is our starting shortstop, Orlando Arcia, being down for a week or two with a, a wrist. And if it's not broken, then you feel better about the idea of, okay, we're not going to have any kind of extended period of time that we're going to lose him. But I would expect that there's probably going to be a couple few days where he's going to have to work himself back in. And there's probably swelling and bruising and different things like that. So um, again, with his lead hand coming through, you know, in his batting, you know, I, I don't know how much, I mean, it's at least it's not his throwing hand, but still your glove, your lead hand in batting. I, I, I figure that there's probably going to be a, a, a couple of days off, you know, here and there. And obviously the Braves, you know, with them going on the road, they're going to get a day off here. So it's their first day off. I think it's been 12 straight games or whatever like that, that they've had that it's, it's been without a day off. I think the only day off that they had was after opening day. Then they have that next day off. Uh, they had Thursday that they played and then Friday was off and then they've rolled right through this stretch of games and stuff. But the last thing the Braves can afford right now is more injuries. And look, if if it is going to be a, a, a situation where he's not going to go on the IL or anything like that, you know, but maybe just a few games, 
okay, I still wouldn't mind seeing Grissom come up and play. I mean, he's tearing it up at Gwinnett, and, you know, he's playing good defense. He's hitting the ball well. Wouldn't mind, you know, getting a little sneaky peek of him. And if nothing else, I mean, to be honest with you, you know, if you had to sit Ozuna, you know, Darno's going to be out for, you know, another few days or what have you like that. I think he just went on the seven-day IL and the concussion protocol and all that. You know, maybe if he has to sit out a few more days, maybe it wouldn't be a bad idea to get Vaughn Grissom, you know, some at-bats or let him play a little bit of shortstop and just kind of get him acclimated to being up with the big club. Because I do think that if Vaughn Grissom continues to hit and play at the level that he is, and again, it's a really small sample size, I understand that, but the fact that he's doing some good things down in Gwinnett is really encouraging and obviously, we think that he can have some offensive production for this team, but yeah, maybe getting him a few at bats. I mean, let me put it this way: I'd rather, I'd much rather see Vaughn Grissom step up in the plate than Marcelo Zuna at this point. And and we talked about Ozuna about how long this experiment's going to go on, but now he's like three for thirty-seven, and he's got. I mean, if you combine his homers, hits. RBI and walks all together, it doesn't equal as many strikeouts as he had. That number of the hits, walks, all, that's 12. He's got 13 strikeouts right now. Yeah, he's got five walks. That's incredible for Marcelo Zuna, but he's got 13 strikeouts and 37 at-bats. And he's leaving guys on, and he's not doing nothing again. 0 for 4 with three strikeouts last night. I could do that. You could put me up in the bat, and I could do that. So hopefully, you know, let's hope and wish and pray and things like that, that Orlando RC is going to be okay. Maybe he just misses a day or two or three or whatever like that. But I wouldn't mind seeing Vaughn Grissom maybe get, you know, a little bit of a shot and, you know, let's maybe bring him up. But again, if, if RC is not going to be on any kind of extended IL streak or, you know, kind of on any kind of extended, um, you know, IL stint, uh, you know, recovering from injury, then, probably nothing will happen, but let's let's hope and pray that uh, Arcia is okay when all is said and done. Oh, well, thank you so much for making Hitting Hard with John Chuck where your first listen every day. Make sure that, listen, if you're an everyday listener to our podcast, you leave us a comment and let us know that you're out there. We're acknowledging our everydayers, as we call them. So everyday listeners to the podcast, leave us a comment. Let us know that you listen in to our show every day. We ask you to subscribe for free or follow us on YouTube wherever you listen or wherever you listen to your podcast from. You can get the latest episodes of Hit and Hard as soon as they become available. And then give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. Back with you tomorrow to wrap up the week. This has been Hit and Hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.